0: They talk with Jay and Will, coolest podcast in the world. For to be a Warrior fan, you must hate them as well. Well, first and foremost, how's your week going, Will? It's pretty good.
1: Not gonna lie, there's some BS going on right now in our community, specifically in the Bay Area.
0: Can you please let the viewers know who's being attacked right now? Us. Who's us? The Asian community, specifically. Yeah, mostly like elders, like Asian elders. That's so fucked up, man. I know, right? I think two or three of them have died. That's so crazy. That someone got robbed or Asian, like old man, like he got robbed for like 15k at the bank.
1: I saw Asian grandma she got robbed $1,000 for Chinese lunar year.
0: Oh my goodness. Like they stole like the envelope or whatever. Such bad timing was like Chinese New Year coming up.
1: It's really dumb. So if you guys are listening to this and either you know someone that is Asian or you are Asian yourself, please spread awareness and not attack the other side, but just spread awareness.
0: Yep, My fellow Asians, just protect yourselves, you know, keep a taser, keep a pepper spray on you and yeah you know protect our people
1: yeah and just watch your surroundings and protect your parents and your grandparents
0: right so we're gonna dive into the first game of the rodeo road trip in texas and it was against the mavericks where we won 147 116 kelly Oubre had a vintage valley boy performance with 40 but honestly we're like always questioning like his future with the dubs even though after he does good right tsunami poppy finally came out right lived up to the
1: name for that game i mean it really just shows what he really can do if you really think about it the only thing that's bad about him is his inconsistency with his outside shot i don't want to hear that he can't slash i don't want to hear that he can't play defense other than his shooting he's a perfect fit for golden state and this team i mean it's just
0: i mean he like at least Oubre is pretty aggressive on offense, you know, unlike Wiggins, where he, ne- I never see him dunk it.
1: Oubre is getting better, though. Would you agree? Like, compared to the first two, three weeks of the year, the last two weeks, in terms of his overall game, I think he's been actually a big step better than what he was in the beginning. And I don't think that it's fair that people are saying that we should, you know, just get rid him of him after lonzo.
0: just trade him for lonzo ball and jj reddick
1: right when people don't even realize that next year if we keep Ubre, we can have him come off the bench and he won't need to take as many shots and he could just be a defender slasher kind of player
0: yeah uber like our stock you know like we're investing in him right now for the future and he would have a key role with the bench since he always runs good with our bench mob he helps on defense and as of right now we're seventh in the league in defense
1: third overall on defense for opponent field goal percentage especially out on the perimeter and that's Ubre's job and wiggins's job to guard the best perimeter player on the other team
0: right even later yeah. on Ubre will be like he on defense for in the playoffs because that's kind of what we're waiting for with Ubre to just really defense in the playoffs.
1: Would you agree that? Because I've been saying this, Ubre probably could turn into our Iguodala guy where he comes off the bench guards the best player on the other
0: team and knocks down open threes and a couple dunks right because obviously next season it won't just be curry scoring all the points it'll be clay too so they need some rest to play on defense so kelly Oubre will come in you know and give the clamps exactly and he
1: he brings so much more to this team than just defense man like it's his energy it's his positive vibes it's his his joy factor you could tell he has so much fun with his antics you know i mean he is kind of arrogant when he blows kisses after he makes a three (laughs) i i know but i'm just saying like you could tell after when he makes big shots he doesn't say anything
0: yeah i you're right like he's just having fun out there which players should be having fun for you know playing for their team but we're gonna talk about game two now where curry had 57 pretty sure luca had like 40 and triple-double monster game. You know, this level of play that Steph is playing at is, like, MVP level and is, like, one of his best seasons.
1: As of right now, Steph Curry is averaging 29.6 points per game. And he's actually playing a minute or two less than he was when he last won MVP. So not only is he averaging pretty much the same amount of points, because in MVP year, he averaged 30. Right now, he's averaging 29. Ooh, And he's, he's playing a minute or two less than he did. Not as crazy but you know that's because he's not getting as many open looks because they're double teaming him but this definitely is Steph's best year in the past three years
0: right like I was comparing Steph and LeBron's past five game numbers I mean obviously LeBron's on a five game winning streak but he's like voted number one but Steph he's been shooting like monster field goal like 60% from Mm -hmm. three or something like 50% on field goal of course he's gonna be like 100% on free throws so
1: the tear that Curry is on people really don't know and it's really stupid how not to slander you know like Luca but it's really stupid how a lot of people put Luca at the top 3 ahead of curry and curry's only ranked number five
0: the mavs are currently 13th place
1: i think in the past seven days even steph Curry's averaging about 36 points a game i know the 50 point game is dragging that up but even then in the past five games curry has never scored below 28 points in a game
0: yeah because if he does do that we're probably gonna lose if the bench doesn't play good then yeah it's a guaranteed loss. I, I feel like the Steph, like, recognition is slowly creeping up. Like, I heard last night after the Spurs win, Shaq and D-Wade were talking about Steph. Like, they love to watch him. So, his stock is slowly increasing for MVP. At least they put him in the damn top five. I don't, I don't get it. Like, he does the same thing as, like, Dame and Trey, which is, like, one of my biggest fears is that everyone in the NBA or watches the NBA, they're just comparing Steph to, like, Dame and Trey Young, like, this dude is just different. If there's
1: levels to this shit and Steph Curry is proving it like right before our eyes. I mean, look at his last three games, 57, 32 and 32. This dude is scoring each and every way. Three pointers, layups, making all his free throws damn near <laughs> passing, rebounding. He's rebounding so much this year, just like all of his other like MVP type years. Even his defense, he's averaging about a steal or right under a steal every single game.
0: Yeah. And like in terms of Steph's offense, the gravity, like he should get an assist for himself because like the gravity that everyone has to double team him and then dish it to the free dunk. It's like crazy. Have you
1: noticed, you know what a hockey assist is, right? It's where you get like a pass to assist. Yeah. Dude, Steph Curry literally is like number one right now. Maybe only behind like Draymond Green because every time he comes off that pick, it's a double. He throws it in the Draymond, and Draymond makes an easy kick out to Wiggins, Oubre, or a lob to Wiseman. And it's like that was literally
0: all generated by Curry getting double or even tripled at the top. He just distracts like the whole team. Everyone's focused on him. Well, there's another play going on. We're gonna see how Steph does. You know, if he's the succeed. I think we should root for him and at least get into top three conversation for MVP because he's just, you know, a GOAT amongst these players. It's like comparing, remember, like, back then, LeBron and Melo. Like, we know who's the better player, right? Obviously, LeBron, so.
1: I mean, it's ridiculous. This year, he has the opportunity to be in the 50-40-90 club again. Like, he's already done it multiple
0: times before, and he's about to do it again. Bro, I I heard LeBron say that, like, oh, I can do if I want to. Look at your freaking Throw percentage, bro. You are never gonna get that. He can't even
1: shoot in the mid 80s for a whole year, like, there's no way. Forget 90, he can't even get past
0: 85. <laughs> he can't even get past like 75. Like, he's just so bad at free throws. Like, stop talking. We're always gonna think that LeBron is the best player, but there's always gonna be other players like Steph, and he's in the same level, even though, right, not the same record. Like, no one talks about his team being last place last year. Everyone just forgot about it, but everyone makes pitches for, you know, Katie's Achilles injury. Like, Lillard already passing him up somehow. For real, it's like everyone just makes an excuse for Steph, but once Steph like shows it, it's like, oh, everyone shuts up now. So now we're gonna dive into the Spurs series. And in game one, they had a tough loss, which was 100 to 105. You know, we had a lot of problems on offense with the 20 turnovers, refs making bad calls, white girl ref, not to discriminate, girl refs. She could have been the same Super Bowl ref for the Bucks. And, you know, shout out to Tom Brady for his seventh ring. Even though that was, like, the worst Super Bowl ever. But (laughs) 20 turnovers.
1: Again, not to discriminate against female refs because it could have been any of the refs that could have been bad. We're just saying that it happened to be the one female one. Because you could tell, like, Spurs players, as soon as they realized that they had an isolation or any time that they knew they had the ball. And the female ref was the ref that was closest to them, that had a good angle at them. They would flop. They would... You know, try to sell as much contact as possible, yell or whatever the case may be, anything to try to get that call. More times than not, they did
0: get the foul, which was really annoying. Poppin' his little army lets his players know that, like, what's going to happen, like, during the game. So, they're already prepared. Like, I'm always questioning Steve Kerr's, like, decisions as a coach. Like, he feels like he's like the Spurs, right? always trying to develop his players is during a close game or like you know when they're down like 10 but it's like why do you have to like always develop your players when you already have stuff
1: i i understand that but i'm gonna actually kind of take on just a different perspective but i understand like the frustration because it's like we want to win as many games as possible because we already don't have clay and marquise and now james Yeah, every game counts in the west yeah because if you lose two games in a row like you're pretty much out of the playoffs or even you go down a couple spots even like it it hurts to lose two games in a row even though we didn't and we went two and two in these four games that we're talking about i do appreciate that he understands that this year is just not the year to win the chip so he's like well what we're gonna do is yes we want to win and yes we want to win as many games as possible but at the end of the day we have to prepare our guys we have to prepare our bench and our guys that just haven't played with Steph you know the Ubre." the Wiseman, JTAs the Damian Lees, even Baysmore to some extent because he's been gone for so long. You want to get as high seat as possible so we have an easiest amount of time in the playoffs and try to get to the second round but I do understand where he's coming from because he understands the long term because these guys, a lot of our team is very young. The real season is next year when we're, you know, fully loaded so I get it but it still kind of sucks.
0: It always feels like Kerr is like Up to like some evil plan or something, you know, (laughs) with like Looney being out, Wiseman being out. So it's like you have Toscano. Who's, I don't know, power forward or center. Do you think that, like, Toscano is going to be part of the death lineup?
1: I am happy you mentioned him. Toscano, ever since he's gotten back from his injury, he's been playing really, really good. In terms of his defense, his IQ, his scoring and not taking too many shots, but also not being afraid to shoot the ball. Like, his
0: IQ has, like, risen, like a lot because like you see in his post game you know he seems like a really smart guy he doesn't want to like go back to in the G League again he wants to like stay with the Warriors he's talking about like how great like playing with Steph is and
1: he understands that he's learning from Draymond too yeah like, have you seen all of his off-ball cuts and, like, everything? It was really giving me flashbacks of, like, Ian Clark. Remember how many backdoor cuts and how many easy-ass layups he would get? That's a
0: great comparison. Because Ian
1: Clark, I'm not saying that Juan Toscano Anderson is the same as them, because I know they play different positions and all that stuff, but I'm just saying, like, every time they needed someone to move or cut without the ball or set that screen, that extra pass or whatever the case may be, or even, you know, knock down the corner three, like, both Ian and JTA have shown, like, an it's it's so good to see that he's developing
0: like out of all the players i would i wouldn't have expected him to come back no me neither i thought we were gonna go with pool i thought we were gonna go with freaking bowman bowman (laughs) sky bowman bro i'm so glad we went with toscano and Damian lee
1: i do think eventually uh toscano will be Maybe uh, a part of that, like all defense lineup. Maybe not the death lineup specifically, but maybe the all defense lineup where it's like
0: the small ball lineup. Or just, like,
1: we have Steph out of the game and we need a stop against, like, the Nets or some shit where it's, like, Toscano, Wiggins, Ubre, Draymond Wiseman. Yeah. It's, like, you just need a stop and you just have Steph out of the game for a couple possessions.
0: That would be really key at the end of the game. Like, that's a pretty damn good defensive lineup.
1: Like, maybe there's only five seconds left in the game and we're up by one and, you know, we have to get a stop but we can't foul.
0: Well, we're still talking about game one and, uh... I believe the Warriors were down like seven with like six minutes left. A lot of people were pretty mad that Kerr brought in Curry with only six minutes left. I mean, Curry still brought us in the game, but Warrior fans are always like getting pissed because, you know, it's like so late. We always got to ask Curry to bail us out.
1: And I get it, too, because sometimes I get a little antsy. I think he should come in at like the seven minute mark.
0: Yeah, because then at least he would have an extra
1: minute or two to like, you know, do something. But again, that kind of goes back to my point. It's like Kerr and the Warriors, and even Steph Curry and Draymond have admitted this too after the games. Like, this year is not our year, guys. Like, we have to stop acting like we're gonna win the chip this year, because we know we're not. We have to prepare our young guys, and we have to make sure, one, Steph is healthy and doesn't get a season-ending injury when we're not even gonna win the chip anyway. So, we need to develop our young guys, and we need to do so in a way that we can compete in all the games that we play, but we're not risking Steph and we're not, you know, losing sight of next year's end goal because this year we just trying to make the damn playoffs and get out of the first round. Right. So, I'm okay with Steve Kerr doing it, but I definitely understand the impatience and the wanting of Steph to just, you know, go in there and Shoot a bunch of threes and try to bail us out. But you know, I mean, yeah. Steph
0: has to basically third quarter is all Steph. So I do see what you're coming from because like Steph always has to go off in the third corner in order for us to keep us in the game or have us catch back up. Like we keep
1: saying, it's like Steph against the world. It's like, yeah, on an all star, like right now, you give it to Steph, obviously, then it comes really apparent when he's getting double team, triple team from like half court sometimes. But I will say our bench is developing like right now like our bench is doing so well in terms of just giving that extra punch like blowout game against the mavericks uber had 40 and other guys stepped up as well and then the blowout game we're about to talk about against the spurs like baysmore had a lot of points
0: yeah baysmore knocking it down
1: eric paschal's back he's always averaging near 10 so I'm, I'm really not that worried but i do understand the impatience factor and you know, wanting stuff to go in there and just become mvp again and all that stuff but you got to remember the end goal For next year, not this year.
0: So before we get into game two of the Warriors versus Spurs, so Curry brings us all the way back to make it a three-point game. Can you tell us your thoughts on Dre's shot at the end of the game?
1: Okay, so I'm about to make all the casuals really upset right now.
0: Let them know. But I let them know why it shouldn't be on (laughs) shack.
1: Obviously, it should be on Shackton because it was it was a bad shot. But for all the people who say that Draymond was trying to be Steph Curry or Draymond was like, "What the fuck is he thinking?" or that was a stupid play. But you got to understand, Draymond was not trying to hit the game winner like that. Like, are you serious? Draymond. No,
0: he would never do. He would even take the shot. If you
1: know Greg Popovich, you know he is one of the smartest coaches in the league to ever coach the game of basketball. So obviously, we're down by three it was so obvious that if Draymond even touched the ball that they wanted to foul Draymond specifically so that they can't put up a three so knowing that Draymond right as soon as he was about to get grabbed he shot the ball so he can get three free throws and also stop the clock but obviously Derek White did something really good he reached out acting like he was gonna foul but then kind of pulled his hand back I will say that Draymond did pull the trigger way too quick yeah and should have waited till he got grabbed and then threw it up. But then at the same time, you have to understand where he's coming from. Did you see that quote that he said? Like, I was trying to make a smart play, but ended up looking really dumb. I didn't
0: really like that quote, to be honest. I mean, it was, I see what he was trying to do, you know, get the three free throws. But I think a lot of people are mad about that. Like, even if he does shoot the free throw, is he gonna make three of them? Probably not. We have no timeout.
1: Exactly, and then he missed two free throws before that. Yeah, that pissed me off. I am mad that it happened that way. But i'm also not gonna knock draymond and say it was all your fault that we lost because we had 20 turnovers in the whole game like we shouldn't have been in that position anyway yeah so it's like the fact that people are saying like draymond doesn't have any iq or draymond doesn't know what he's doing or like draymond's sold it's like on that specific play yes But honestly, he shouldn't have been in that position anyway because we should have been winning the game. But because we had 20 turnovers, we
0: weren't. There is a lot of factors and variables to it. That just goes to show like for like anyone that, you know, wants to hire their IQ for like a basketball game or at the end of the game, like you got to watch out for that now.
1: People be doing that now because they know if Steph or anyone gets a look for a three, they can either get a foul or make the shot or uh, get a four point play from like 30 feet out. Right. So it's possible, but you know, it sucks it ended that way, but I'm not too mad at that shot. Like to be completely real, understanding the context. Now, for people just watching the highlights, you probably are pissed, but if you're those kind of people, you're just a damn casual and you don't really know the game of basketball. So
0: as a Warrior fan, it just stings to get. You know one of those losses again where you you know you should have won the game and it just got freaking taken away from us we like beat ourselves exactly
1: yeah those hurt for sure
0: all right so we're gonna talk about game two our bounce back game against the spurs you know curry at 32. i didn't really get to see the first half but i know he had that ridiculous michael jordan-esque <laughs> layup reverse <laughs> Wasn't that thing crazy?
1: Bro, I literally said like, dude, that was like Jordan-esque. Like in the way that we're like, not the way where it's like he's hanging in the air forever, but that wasn't like a double clutch, that was like a triple clutch. Like that dude wasn't even looking at the basket. He was staring right at his teammates on the bench and flipped it over his shoulder.
0: Seeing that like reminded me of like when D Wade was making all those circus shots.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I do remember he used to do that, like, every game. Like, reverse.
0: <laughs> Not I mean, like, even looking at the basket, just crazy <laughs> reverse shot, bank it in.
1: That was, like, the Allen Iverson one where I forgot what team he was on. He might have been on Denver. But he, like, looked behind him and, like, had it cocked over his head and then just, like, threw it up and went in.
0: Oh, right. Like, didn't and, he, like, hang in the air? like Yeah, for he, a was, bit? Like,
1: he was, like, kicking his legs everywhere like, in slow motion.
0: Yo, That's what it reminded me of. AI was crazy. What do you think Kerr did differently this game with his decisions?
1: Just kept him in the game by like telling him like, hey man, like last game, it wasn't Draymond's fault necessarily because it was the turnovers that killed us. Even though, yes, we would have liked to have Steph taken that shot and not Draymond, you know, shoot it and maybe wait till he got grabbed then to shoot it to try to draw the foul. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I said, it was the turnover. So, you know, this game, first game, we had like 20 turnovers. This game, we only had 10. That was way better.
0: Yeah, And then, definitely. you know,
1: when we don't beat ourselves and when we move the ball and when everyone gets a touch and everyone's locked in on defense and we're not overthinking, but we're not also too stagnant as well. Like, bro, we could beat anybody. As long as we could compete, especially for this season, that's huge. Just the fact that we can compete in every game no matter who we play
0: right i mean with the spurs it like feels like a scrimmage you know we have our system and then they have their system so but that's how i feel like after the spurs series it's it's kind of cool <laughs> right it's like but a then, high school you know, scrimmage
1: <laughs> yeah it's just like an easy like oh we're pretty much gonna get most of what we want yeah just watch out for Dejounte and then just move the ball
0: <laughs> yeah we definitely locked down Dejounte this game That he was a monster in the first one he's
1: yeah he hit that tough ass shot in the first game that was nuts
0: i want to make a point that like i feel like draymond is a little bit too much of a playmaker i mean we, we i know we need him to like give assist and like to uber and wiggins i feel like sometimes he just always has the ball you know well yeah he
1: is the initiator now to his credit though That dude is crazy. You know how many double-digit assist games he's had in the past last couple weeks or couple games?
0: Dude, he had like back-to-back 15 assist games. So last night, he had
1: 11 assists, 7 rebounds. Holy crap. I mean, that dude is literally... The damn floor general. I don't even know
0: like what to describe him. Is he like a football player or like, a soccer player? It's like he doesn't even play basketball, but obviously it is basketball. It's such a, like a weird role he plays. He like reads like the defense as he's running through the lane. And then once he sees that everyone's playing on top of him, he just goes straight to the basket for the layup. It's just, like, or he exactly. or he brings the defense to the paint and then kicks it out to like, yeah, in the, like, the corner, gives it a curry.
1: Right. Or like the Wiseman lob or they do that little split act. They do. I love that play. Draymond's in the post. JTA, Looney, or Ubre set a screen for Steph to come onto oh, the wing. Yeah, yeah. That that little post initiation. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that play is deadly as hell because you just got so much
0: going on around you.
1: If Draymond has a smart guy, he can bully him. A little two-foot hook or. Obviously he finds Steph cutting off the screen for a three or Ubre or JTA, if they double team Steph, they have them cutting down the lane and it's like, Oh my god, he's literally got like three or four options right in front of him and the defense can't do anything.
0: Yeah. I mean, as much as people like hate on Draymond, they think he's like the most overrated. I he's so underrated as a basketball player, super underrated. I hate when people like try to slander him for anything, especially for that shot he tried to do in the first Spurs game. Right? You know, they're they don't gonna... know the
1: they don't know the context of anything.
0: No, they just see they one just play. See him like one bad play he does and then they think he's such like a bad player it was the
1: defense and the less turnovers now i do want to address one thing though uh they have not had the marcus aldridge for a while which really hurts them but even in the first game when they did have aldridge didn't we win by like 30.
0: yeah we smacked them like all such an easy that was like the best win of the season it was
1: honestly one of the most forgettable games of the year because it was so
0: easy Right. Let's give our final thoughts. What do you think is going to be the game plan against the Nets with Kyrie, Harden, KD.
1: So according to reports KD will be back Friday. I don't know who they play, but we play them Saturday. So unless something crazy happens, best believe they will be fully locked and loaded. I honestly think that they should just play them like they do the Lakers where it's like make KD, Kyrie and Harden take all the shots. Do not let the other guys get hot cuz you know, like with LeBron, if you let the other guys get hot and it's like the fourth quarter and it's like yeah, you might be winning or up by one or whatever as soon as lebron starts taking the ball and getting going now he's got caruso hot kuzma hot codwell pope hot you have so many different weapons and then you have lebron <clears throat> you have to make kd kyrie and harden carry the whole offense and then also attack them jared allen is gone so yeah it's like
0: this it's is we gotta gone. outrun him yeah
1: Karis is also gone. So that bench, they have to be in attack mode, really. Like, for sure. I'm not saying Karis Averse is a defender or anything. I'm just saying that extra punch for them is gone. Yeah. So it's like, you guys literally have to just take it to their throat and not be scared of them. And make KD and Kyrie and Harden have to try to save the day, you know, and they have no help.
0: My worst fear for that game is, like, getting Joe Harris hot.
1: <laughs> I know. It's like, what if, like, Joe Harris
0: gets hot... Or what if like uh timothy fucking like in Cabareau. yeah oh my goodness <laughs> that's probably the game plan you know just outrun that's make Kyrie, KD, and Harden just go to work. Obviously, you want to stop them, but I don't think you should be like doubling
1: them. Like I said, if you get their other weapons hot, it's like not only do you got to worry about KD, Kyrie, and Harden, but then it's like Joe Harris hit three degrees, Landry Shammit might be hot, Jeff Green might be contributing. Like you don't want all those guys to all of a sudden become a threat and then you got to worry about the three best like one-on-one players in the league.
0: We got to see like what happens with Kerr's game plan i feel like he's gonna try to pull something out his fucking right pocket or whatever i mean with the magic obviously easy dub we just played the spurs you know they spurs always prep us for whoever's next one final thought i want to give a special shout out to our guy d rose for finally getting out of shitty ass not shitty but You know detroit i mean they're they're a shitty team but he's on the knicks now i'm pretty sure he killed his first game with them
1: he did so i personally have derrick rose on fantasy right now the dude isn't having such a great offensive year because you know he's been resting and having a lot of because he was on the Pistons, so it was tough for him to just get anything going since he doesn't really have any weapons or help you know and he's not all derails but being on the knicks shout out to tom thibodeau for really like bro brought
0: back the gang just bring the whole gang back together
1: being like that fatherly figure to him picking him up off the streets (laughs) like wherever he was in cleveland or detroit i know whatever so i've actually seen what a lot of Knicks fans are saying because I actually legitimately like the New York Knicks just because I love New York City and I've always been interested in the players that have popped in and out of that in, for we that franchise shout out any uh, people from New York watching this shout yeah. out
0: the bodegas and the, all the dead ass <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying slang but
1: we gonna make a trip to Soho one
0: of these days facts I mean I miss, <laughs> I miss old Soho you know the fashion game was killing it over there but now it's all gentrified Derek Rose
1: only played 20 minutes that game and he had 14 points i think he had like three assists so i was like damn first game in 20 minutes too so he didn't even play half the game and he already had double digits and three assists
0: yep we're always gonna be rooting for our guy diros we didn't want him to go to the knicks we want him to go to the clippers but knicks are at least the playoff team than the freaking pistons
1: people are saying like it's a dumb trade and all that stuff but it's like dude they literally gave up Dennis Smith Jr. who wasn't doing jack shit for them for the past, like, two years.
0: Such a steal, bro. Like, any of these contending teams could have got him, but nope, they couldn't give up shit for him. People
1: forget, like, not including this year, but the past two years Derrick Rose is averaging over 18 points a game and he's not even playing starter minutes He so was s-
0: snubbed last year in, Bro, Chicago. in Chicago in Chicago. Are you kidding me? He got a lot of votes.
1: He's got a lot of votes right now I think right now he's ranked sixth or seventh in East all-star guards, which is really nice to be honest I don't even know if the
0: all-star game is like happening
1: you think the knicks are a playoff team because i i think they are They're the best defensive team in the league and now that they got a six man and d rose i think they have what it takes to make it at least in the east because the east is kind of whack after the six seed.
0: i think they do like d rose was like their missing piece especially for scoring like it's not going to be just randall or barrett trying to score all the points now they got a third scoring d rose
1: now it's like they got mitchell robinson pick and roll julius randall pick and roll you know drive it and then dish it to barrett for a dunk
0: yeah. Like,
1: they got a lot more shit now because it's like, plus if you just give the ball to D. Rose, like, he'll make something work. Like, he's one of the most creative offensive players we've seen in the past, like, 10 years, 15 years.
0: Hey, don't sleep on D. Rose. He's not done yet. And that's in
1: Knicks' first round? Knicks can get one game because, you know, they they don't really be trying in the first round. So oh. they lose that first game and then they wake up and get <laughs> And then freaking, like, Lakers, they, they lose one game. And they're like, all right, like it's time to get up. Yep. They really hate Alfred Payton. And I was looking at his numbers, like people say Oubre is inconsistent, dude, Peyton, dude. Oh my God. Like he'll play like 30 minutes in a game. I saw like two weeks ago or last week, he had like a three game stretch where he didn't score more than six points or something Holy or, like crap. eight points. How is that your starting and I was, like, point like Literally just gets a couple steals, a couple rebounds and like four or five assists. And then so like next week, always
0: tune some scrub guard, Raymond Felton or like Pablo Prigioni. You
1: all literally had a young Jeremy Lin. And y'all got rid of him. Like, he was worth nothing, and he was your best point guard, and
0: y'all didn't re sign him. Facts. Like, shout out Jeremy Lin. He had his first uh, G League game today. I think he did pretty good. I heard Poole did pretty good in that G League game. It's funny you mention that. So, today marks nine years ago, Jeremy Lin
1: had 38 points on the Los Angeles Lakers for
0: on kobe bryant that's crazy i just watched that
1: like a couple of days ago <laughs> we'll have an episode about like underrated players and best believe he's gonna be in there so
0: right well that's episode five for y'all special number that's a lucky number for me because my favorite player of all time besides Steph, obviously unanimous baron davis shout out bd bro the beard the original the same- beard Well, yeah. Yeah. Thank y'all for tuning in. I hope you guys liked this podcast. We love the Warriors. We're going to keep supporting them, even though we freaking hate Kerr's decision sometimes, but we're always going to ride with them.
1: We know that this year is not really going to be the year, but it's going to be the transition year. Would you agree?
0: Yep. This is, this is another transition year. It just is what it is, but at least we're into playoff contention. Six is best case scenario for me. All right. That's a wrap y'all. We'll see you on the next pod. Peace out.